Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 314, and you might be able to tell by the sound of my voice, I am super excited today because I have a special guest on, someone that has actually helped me get to where I am today And, uh, well, I'm just going to kind of throw it out there. Mr. Pat Flynn is going to be on the show today, and I'm really excited. I actually met Pat in person at Rick Mulready's event that I attended, and uh, him and I had a really long, in-depth conversation, about 35, 40 minutes privately, and we also sat around a table for about an hour and a half in a group, and we masterminded a little bit, and just a great guy, someone that I really do believe, for me, has been that virtual mentor from afar. I mean, someone that I just kind of looked at as someone that I would like to be able to help people and also give the way that he does, but then also have people really get the message. And uh, I, I do owe a lot of my success as far as within the podcast and within this community of TAS to him. And uh, I just uh, I just want to say that you just never know where your life is going to lead. And like I said, two and a half years ago, I never I never would have known that I would have had a podcast. I never would have known that I'd be interviewing Pat Flynn today, so it's really awesome. But today, we're going to talk about how to validate your business and product ideas before spending a dime, and the reason why we're doing that is because he recently wrote a book on this called Will It Fly? I have the book, I have the audio book, and I have the physical copy of the book, and it is really, really spot on. And what I mean by that is it goes through the entire process for you to just kind of get into the minds of your market with an idea that you may have so you can validate this thing before you even think about launching it. It's really, really powerful stuff, and I think you're going to enjoy this. We also have some conversations a little bit about fitness, and we also have some conversations just about life in general, and also like how to get stuff done and time and all that stuff that goes into being an entrepreneur. So lots and lots of things that we discuss that really speak to the entrepreneur, which is probably you. Now, I would encourage you to go over and download the transcripts, the show notes. We are going to talk about some actionable stuff here. That's how Pat rolls. That's how I roll. We want you to walk away with some action steps. We actually go through a little bit of an example that I kind of threw at him without even kind of letting him know that that was the road we were going to go down as far as like a market and products to that market. And uh, it was kind of cool. We kind of riffed on this idea and it was it was really kind of cool. So definitely go check out the show notes, theamazingseller.com forward slash 314. All the links will be there that I talked about, links to Pat and his book and all the resources that we talk about will be there as well. All right, guys, I'm going to stop talking now so you guys can sit back and relax and enjoy this amazing conversation that I have with my good friend, Mr. Pat Flynn. Enjoy the show. Well, hey, Mr. Flynn, welcome to the podcast, man. How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me, Scott. Thanks everybody out there listening in. I appreciate you. Oh man, this is this is cool, man, because I've been listening to you now, well, since you started your podcast. I remember your first episode saying how nervous you were <laughs> and all that stuff, right? So I've kind of grown along with you and and I've had my own ups and downs and I've seen your ups and downs. And it's 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 kind of cool now to be able to actually have a podcast and then be able to have you on it. And I just I really do have to just give you a big thank you because uh 
because of you, I really started the podcast and, uh, you know, it's been just about two years now. And I mean, we've, I mean, gosh, we've got a, a thriving community and I really do owe a lot of that to you because you've kind of inspired me through this journey and kind of how I've kind of modeled your whole, like, just, just give it away and help people. And then the money will follow. And I know it's hard mm-hmm. to do sometimes, but I just, again, I just want to say thank you so much for, uh, for yeah. doing what you do. No, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm super proud of you and everybody else in, in my audience who has taken action. And really, I'm just the guide. I'm, I'm somebody who's sort of leading by example, but it really, it's it's all you, man, all the action you've been taking and obviously your amazing tribe who's been uh, really resonating with you, what you've been saying. I'm sure you've been providing amazing information that's really helpful for them too. And and when you do that, I mean, it's just, it makes the internet a better place, right? Totally. And so I, I, that's why I feel like you and I resonate very well. We're in, we're in this for the right reasons. Uh, we have had conversations about this in the past and, uh, you know, I know your head's on the right way and I'm just here to support you and, and your audience. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm really excited to have you on. I want to dig into uh, to this whole, you know, how to validate your business and product idea before spending a dime, as your as your book Will It Fly helps people do. Um, but before we do that, I got a real personal question to ask you, and this is about like fitness. You, you mind if I oh, ask yeah. you a quick little question? No, not at all. Okay, insanity. You did insanity. I did insanity. Actually, I started with P90X, and this was gosh, 2010 after my son was born, and I realized that with this like six pound baby on my, uh, arms <laughs> that I was tired when I was going up the stairs. I had just not eaten very well, not yep. sleeping very well. And it just, it was all catching up to me. So I really started to focus on my fitness because I wanted to, you know, I was envisioning the future and imagining my son at six or eight years old and, you know, me just kind of huffing and puffing behind him. I wanted to be able to keep up. So that was my motivation for trying P90X. I did that a couple times and I got bored of Tony Horton, all of his ridiculous jokes. <laughs> then I went to uh, Sean T over yes. in Insanity, which was amazing. I, I love it. It was it was a lot quicker in terms of the, the, the total time. And then I got bored of that in the same way. I don't know. I'm just somebody who, and you could probably tell this if you follow my brand, that I'm always looking for fun, new, challenging things. And I don't like doing the same thing over and over and over again. I love to challenge myself and you know, see what's possible. Yeah, no, it, it's funny. I, I was, uh, I was, you know, obviously I followed you, so I, I knew that you did that, but, um, have you, have you thought about trying the new T25? Just, just wondering, you know, with, with Sean T. I've tried it. Actually, my wife does that one every once in a while and she's similar, uh, but she has to take, she has to mix it up. So we have T25, we have Asylum, which is yep. a crazy, crazy one. Yep. Uh, we have, she, she Shailene's that, probably right. Shailene's, yep. Uh, Pio, yep. or Plyo. Yeah, my uh, wife does then, that too. And then she even had, or she even has Shanti's first one, which is Hip Hop Yes, Alex, yes. I remember that which one Which is too. a completely different Shanti, but it's it's so funny to watch. Uh, yeah. I haven't done that one with her though. Yeah, that, that's funny. Yeah, I actually, I just started T25. I, I did it Sanity too. I did it for the full 60 and I dropped like 20, 22 pounds. Pounds. Um, I never was a huge That's heavy awesome. guy, but yeah, I stuck to it. I made that commitment, but it, I tell you, I had to watch three infomercials before I actually hit hit the uh, the buy button uh, on the TV. But I finally did it, and uh, yeah, and I was a big believer. Did P90X after that, but uh, mm. I, I started getting out of shape again, and I go, I got to get back into it. How do I get back into it? I got to go back to Sean T. So I picked up T25. I got it on demand now on TV now that they have it that way. Oh and yeah, yeah, nice. It's awesome. So yeah, Let I've been doing that. You. How, how has the fitness contributed to your success as a business owner? Sorry, I'm flipping the switch here. Oh, that, 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 that's fine. Uh, no, <laughs> it's, it's t- totally. And, and the reason why I wanted to get back into, I started because I got so into the business again of like mm. what I need to do and what I want to do and what I want to create that I didn't want to spend that time on myself. 
And uh, I just, yeah. And then I just said, you know, the only way I'm going to be able to continually keep up at this pace is I got to feel better about myself and I got to feel good. I got to, I, I just got to mentally feel good. And I always knew that after I did it, I felt so accomplished. I felt so good about myself. And I mean, heck I'm 44 now. I was 42 when I did insanity the last time. And I was, I mean, my, my son who's 18 now was like, dad, man, you're ripped. And just the other day he said to awesome. me, he goes, dad, you got to go back and do insanity, man. He, I'm like, all right, I, I got to do. So he kind of inspired me to go back and do something. I'm, I'm going to do 25 minutes a day. That's T25. So anyway, this is isn't a this isn't a pitch fest for for them anyway, but uh, yeah, I don't get any commission. Beach body yeah, commission, right? <laughs> where's our beach body commission? But totally uh, believe in those guys. They're they're doing amazing things over there. But anyway, yeah. let's get back on track here. Uh, all right. So what I really do want to talk about though is I've got a lot of people in my audience that are either newbies or people that have gotten started, and you know they just. They want to have that that thing, fear, right? That big thing that we have kind of reduced or a way for them to know that, is this thing going to pan out? Should I go down this road? There's always these, these questions. I mean, I still have these questions. I'm sure you still have these questions. And I really just want to kind of dig into those things and try to help people through that. I also have something I want to dig into with you as far as uh, maybe we can do some some like live brainstorming here and kind of uh, riff on this uh, this thing that I was kind of talking to you before we got on um, yeah. about how to kind of uncover maybe a market um, and then maybe how to validate it. And we can kind of go through that whole process. But, you know, I didn't even give you a formal intro. I mean, I did. But why don't you tell people in 60 seconds, like, who is Pat Flynn anyway? Who is this guy that I'm talking to if you don't know Pat Flynn by now? All right, 60 seconds. Uh, here we go. So I am a father of two beautiful children here in San Diego and a husband to an amazing wife. And I have an amazing uh, job and vocation that allows me to spend most of my time with them when I want to because I have a business in the online world that started actually in 2008 when I got laid off from the architecture industry. Uh, to make a long story short, I built a business helping people pass an exam in the architecture industry. And that was my first online business after getting laid off. It generated over $200,000 uh, after a year. And then people started asking me how did I, how I did that. And that business is actually still live today at greenexamacademy.com. However, smartpassiveincome.com is a site I started to help people understand how I was able to do that. I've since then built new websites, new businesses from apps to niche sites to other things. I'm currently working on my own physical product right now in the same way, which is showing people the entire process straight up uh, with everything that went right, everything that went wrong, all the things I'm learning so that people can follow my lead and learn from my mistakes. And I'm just so blessed. I feel so uh, thankful for my audience and, and everybody out there who has allowed me to uh, live this kind of lifestyle because now not only am, am I able to um, be here with my family, I'm able to also serve and help a ton of people around the world through all these different uh, means. For example, blog, podcast, which we just passed 33 million downloads the wow. other day, which is super cool. That is awesome. Uh, a YouTube video or YouTube channels, um, and then as well as uh, public speaking, and then even publishing books. And I published a book, uh, which we're going to be talking about, called Will It Fly in 2016 in February. It went off to become a Wall Street Journal bestseller as a self-published book. And uh, currently I'm working on the next book. And so I'm just super excited about every day when I wake up, I get to do what I love and help people and be with my family. It's, it's awesome. No, man. It, I, again, like I said, you're an inspiration because I seen you, you know, kind of where you started and, uh, and then now where you've, you've you kind of gone. And, uh, again, that's inspired me to, uh, to want to do the same and, and really getting into this space. It can be, you know, in the, you know, how to make money space. Uh, it can be, it can be kind of tough out 
out there because you start to be one of those guys or those girls. And, uh, I I never want to be you know, like, like thought of like that. And it's kind of hurtful. And I know you and I've had some private conversations about, you know, the haters or, uh, you know, like how do you deal with, with like the negativity that comes along with also the people that now you feel responsible for. So a lot of stuff that we have in common, but again, just, I really, really do appreciate it. Again, like I said, you're doing some awesome things. So, all right. So that was, that was awesome. That's exactly who you are, right? There's a lot more, but that's, that's a good nutshell. Um, before we do jump into the other stuff though. Okay. Real quick. Like I want you to talk about this cause you have been through a lot of different changes as far as Google updates, right? You've had some Panda yes. updates and all that stuff, right? And I know myself personally, I've had, I've had issues with eBay when I was selling, when they went from, you could have digital products to you couldn't have digital products. Um, and now Amazon, I mean, I'm on there. So, you know, I'm seeing all of those changes. I just want you to kind of speak to the changes of the landscape, uh, throughout the years or throughout the months and just maybe let people know that, you know, is it normal or is it not normal? It changes will happen and you have to learn to expect them. When you do that and you prepare yourself a little bit ahead of time, then you're going to be able to receive that quote blow a little bit easier. Because yeah. sometimes if you build a business based on somebody else's business, which a lot of people are doing, whether you rely on Amazon or on Google specifically, or for me, a lot of it's affiliate marketing. So I'm earning commissions from other people's products or other people's companies. When you build a business just for that, um, you put yourself at risk, obviously, because at any moment in time, something could happen, an algorithm change, a uh, uh, th- that company gets bought out or maybe they die or something, which has happened to me in the past as well. Not like people dying, but the company dying. Right, right. And and, and it, it makes a, a massive change. So diversification is really important, not just in your product line, um, but also in, in your offerings and potentially other horizontal uh, businesses that you can create off of where you start. Now, that being said, I don't want people to think that you should have 10 different businesses and 10 different lines in each of them all from the start. No, you have to start in a very specific space and become that resource or become that product that everybody talks about for a very specific niche. And then you can branch out from there because as they say, the riches are in the niches. And so you want to start small, start very specific, not just based on the product that you want to create, but on the problem that you are solving and how you, how that uh, product that you're creating solves that problem. And that's really where it all starts. But in terms of the changes, I mean, I've, I've seen massive changes through the years. Back when I started blogging, all you had to do was put a keyword in your metadata for your website and you would rank for that keyword, (laughs) even if it's not related to your website. So there were examples of people, for example, uh, in the physical product space selling food who were ranking for, you know, not so nice terms because they knew there was a lot of traffic there so that, you know, Google figured out, well, that's not how we want to serve the people who are searching for things. So let's make it a little bit better. And then people started gaming the system by, uh, you know, they, they ranking, I mean, it's still like this ranking is based off of, um, a number of things, but, uh, one of those things is backlinks or quote votes from other sites pointing back to your site. And a lot of people were buying sites and creating their own sites and pointing those back to their own main site to increase their rankings in Google. And then Google caught on that. And so a couple things, one changes are always going to happen, but two, um, we got to stop trying to game the system. Mm. I feel because they're always going to, and by they, it's all those big companies that sort of control our results there. Um, they're always going to try and make things uh, better and, and more reliable. And the more you try to game it, the less reliable your outcome is going to be in the future. So my uh, proposition is, Hey, just focus on creating amazing stuff 
and building relationships. And that is those, those are the two things that are going to help you move forward no matter what happens. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, if you can, if, number one, if you can uncover a problem and then solve that problem, whether it's a physical product, digital product, you know, it's going to be something that's in, in demand. And then the other thing is, is if you are playing by the rules, so-called, at least that you know of, right? Uh, then there's really nothing that can hurt you. And I know a lot of people that were gaming the system using like, you know, private blog networks and all that stuff. Like mm -hmm. they were getting ranked and they were, you know, they were winning, but then all of a sudden overnight they were gone. And then all yeah. of a sudden the people that weren't, they kind of rose to the top. So, uh, you know, I just say again, kind of, it's the old, you know, slow and steady, uh, you know, and, and kind of, if you're going to put some work into something, put it in there where it can last versus, uh, you know, just that, you know, overnight success type th stuff that everyone is kind of dreaming about. The one yeah, big I mean, thing, oh, go, go oh, ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was, I was going to say, there's no such thing as an overnight success, but I also would say related to slow and steady, th that doesn't mean you have to be lazy. That doesn't mean no, you should, no. you know, wait, you got to hustle. You got to put yourself out there. Right. And you got to try things. You got to fail faster. That's really the secret fail faster. So slow and steady wins the race in terms of the results, but in terms of what you do, fail fast. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep at it. Keep at it. it, it you know, a lot, a lot of people, what that, what happens is, and you, you said it perfectly is, you know, they, they'll, they'll think that they're putting in the work. I'm just going to go slow and steady. That means I'm just going to do one blog post and see what happens in a month and then do another one. I don't, you know, we don't mean that. We mean do more things, try different channels maybe, but then, you know, see what sticks and then start really honing in on that. Um, but the one thing I do also notice, and this is in, in this space or in blogging space, it doesn't really matter what space it's in, in business in general or life in general, but people getting stuck, you know, and I just want your opinion on this again, you know, like why do you think people get so hung up? I mean, I have my own thoughts on it, but I want to hear yours. Like, why do people get stuck on, you know, well, if this doesn't work, um, you know, or I, I want to try this, but if it doesn't work, then this, you know, like they, all of these different things are going on in your head. And I would think we've all had them, but what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, we all get stuck, uh, in various parts of our business and our life. And that's uh, for a number of different reasons. For one, we might not know the next steps. Mm. And because of that, we always kind of gravitate toward what we do know how to do or what keep, what makes us feel like we're staying busy. Unfortunately, a lot of times when we do those things that makes us feel like we're busy, we're not actually doing the things that make us progress and move forward, which True. oftentimes yeah. take more bolder actions and really things that happen that are awesome in your business and in your life, they happen outside of those comfort zones. So mm. you have to, one, kind of pay attention to that and the work that you do and make sure that everything that you do is actually related to that next thing you're working on, not just something that you're doing to stay busy in a, in, and in actuality trying to just avoid, uh, which I found to be something that I did a lot, especially when I was writing my book because that was a huge challenge. So I, I, I would always catch myself for example, on Facebook or on YouTube after an hour or two, just, I don't know. It just, that's, we, we always want our security blanket, right. To mm -hmm. make us feel better. Um, a lot of people gravitate so, towards social media because you get immediate results. You, you feel great when people respond or like your thing, but you know, you got to go and toward that thing that's difficult in order to make progress. A lot of times people get stuck because they're, they're, they, they fear failure. And, yeah. and I completely understand that obviously who, who likes to fail. Mm. Um, although you might think that I do because I said fail fast and actually I do, I love failing now because every time you fail, you learn from your mistakes. And this is actually something that I'm trying to, uh, really ingrain in, into my uh, son right now, who's six years old because 
you know, for a while he would do things like try to build a Lego set and, you know, there's going through the steps and then he messed up something and he would just kind of put the whole thing down. Or as I mentioned in the beginning of the book, he used to try and build paper airplanes and then would just struggle and then stop and then give up forever. And I, I'm like, no, 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 no. You've never done this before. So you, you've never done this before. So let's let's work it out. Let's try it out. Let's let's do it again. And it, it'll be better the next time. And then, of course, after a few iterations, it's exactly what he wants it to be. And he's doing it right. And, he, and he's excited about it. And we approach all of us approach business in the same way. You know, we see somebody else do something because it was like my son who saw me build a paper airplane. So he wanted to do the same thing. But of course, he rushed into it and it didn't actually work out the way he wanted it to. So he gave up. That's how a lot of people build their businesses, too. Mm. You see somebody else do something. You try it out. It doesn't work out. You, you feel like a failure. You feel like you're out of place. You feel like this is you know, like I'm way in over my head. What am I doing? And it, it it's natural to feel like that because you don't know what you're doing. However, you pick up the pieces, you move forward, you get help, whether that means you uh, ask questions or you get inspiration and, and check out uh, Scott's information or anybody else's information out there who's put all of this stuff out there for us to learn from, or you get involved with a course or something that's going to help walk you through the process even better because there's no way to know how to do it until you find somebody else who has maybe led the way for you and then you kind of uh, learn from their examples. Um, getting stuck also is a, a form of procrastination, I feel, and that's, that's again, an, a, 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 just kind of a hint at perfectionism. Mm. And I feel like perfectionism is, an, is another thing that stops people from moving forward. Oh, it has to be perfect. And when you're validating a product idea, perfection is going to be, you know, your kryptonite. That's what's going to stop you for sure. Because in the validation process, which we'll discuss, it's all about iteration. It's all about putting just a quick early version out of something to see what the reaction is like, to actually gain intellectual conversation from people about this item that you are potentially going to either move forward with or scrap for something else before you actually spend all this money and time and effort on actually producing something. Because traditionally, the way people do it is, you know, you spend a lot of money, time and effort on something, and then you, you kind of go to the rooftops and you you, sh you shout, kind of, buy my thing, right? Like, buy right, my thing. Right. And then nobody buys it and you're left wondering why. Is mm. it because of the product or is it because of the way you shouted or is it because of the particular roof that you're on? Is it because of that particular day? You have no idea. Mm -hmm. But through the validation process, you take it step by step, iteration by iteration. And if by the first iteration you found that, well, this isn't an idea that you like anymore or it just didn't work out the way you thought or you're getting something completely different than what you had initially thought the feedback was going to be, well, then you can reassess where you're at. And guess what? You've saved all the steps after that. And you can kind of keep going until you passed step one and then move forward to the next one. And then it's sort of like doing little litmus tests on your business idea beforehand. And what I found is that when you start to get small results, small wins, feedback, and begin to start to talk about your ideas with other people and actually start to get feedback from your uh, from people about your ideas that you haven't even actually created yet, those small little things will keep you going incre incrementally. And keep pushing you forward and you find that you, you actually start to gain momentum because the further down the process you go, the more validation there is for your product, the more motivation you're going to have, the more confidence you're going to have. And so you're going to be, be able to push through those, uh, I don't know, that quicksand and get out of there and yeah. um, be able to move forward. Yeah, not hundred percent. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of times that people, you know, they, they, they don't want to get started because they don't want that feeling of failure. And again, I don't, I, I mean, no way I'll use that word failure, but I mean, it's really, to me, you've just learned something and you're going to be like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to do that again. Or that didn't work. Right. It's just like a kid that, you know, if you go over and you touch something that's hot, you're not going to go over there and touch that again because it didn't feel too good. Um, or you learn from that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I totally, totally, uh, agree with that. And I think 
people listening probably know that too, but I think sometimes you just have to hear it or maybe hear it a little bit differently or maybe even just have a refresher because it's normal, right? It's normal. I think, I think you just said, I mean, you, you just said you're, you just wrote your book, just finished up your book, not that long ago. And you literally would try to almost like get yourself away at times because you didn't want to have to get back into the groove because you just needed a break. But then you felt like, oh, I could go over here and just kind of, just kind of wander for a little bit and then I can come back. But it's kind of like that thing to kind of just put it off until you think you can come back and, and maybe, you know, yeah. give it another go. Like, I'll, I'll leave it up to future Pat to figure that out. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll go play <laughs> Xbox right now. But no, it was like, it was like that. And, and for a while I, I literally took two months off of writing cause I just couldn't handle it anymore. And I was, I felt like I was wasting so much time. Another thing that was happening during that book writing process is I, I chunk out a block of time cause I was told that, you know, you're supposed to do that, which is sure. something you're supposed to do. You block that time out to write and I would write and for two hours I'd be there in front of my keyboard and I'd, I'd literally have two sentences to show for it afterwards. And it just made me feel terrible. And the reason that was the case was because I felt every word had to be perfect. Mm. Like I mentioned earlier, I was like, I could write a blog post like, like in a, it was really easily, but this book, I don't know. It's just, I put it on this pedestal, made it this big grand thing. It was only mm. when I chunked it down into bite-sized pieces, treating every chapter as if it was, own, it was its own blog post that things finally started to move. And I only figured that out after I literally hired a coach to help me through the process of finishing my book. It was something that I knew I had to finish. There were people on the other end of it waiting for me to finish. Uh, mm. And I felt like I was going to let them down if I didn't figure out a way. So when I knew I couldn't do it on my own, I went and got help. No, that's great. That's great. I mean, here, here again, people would say, well, well, Pat Flynn, you know, he doesn't need any help. And here you are saying that you oh, do. Geez. I love that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm no, but I'm just saying like, as a, I mean, I've had people, you know, they'll email me and they'll be like, okay, Scott. So now what do you struggle with? Because it seems like everything. And it's like, you don't have any idea. I mean, I, every day there's challenges, you know what I mean? Like mental mm -hmm. challenges, not even just the day-to-day -day tasks, but just like, just there's, there's just stuff in our lives that, you know, we have to get through and we're constantly, just like I said, I came back to doing insanity and then coming back to T25. I'm doing that because I got off track. I got to get yeah. back on track. How do you get back on track? And I kind of hired a coach, I guess, right? Uh, Sean T. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, yeah. So I mean, he's kind of, kind of like my coach. Uh, all right. So let's, let's dig in now to this, like, how do we validate a, a concept or in this case, maybe a product or a market and how can we reduce that risk? That's really what I want to talk about here. So maybe you can give me just like a little bit of a framework. And then from there we can dig into a, like a live example that I'm going to share with everyone that kind of came upon me last night and I had a conversation with my wife and I'll talk to you about it and we'll kind of work through that and maybe see how we could maybe pull out a business idea and then maybe product sure. ideas and kind of kind of go with that. So how would someone to kind of reduce that fear, right? Cuz that's what it is. How do we how do we think a little bit better through the process so we can say, you know, what, I feel a little bit better about this because we validated it before we went in and and decided to go 100%. Sure. So part one of my book goes through a validation process, but even before validating your product idea, it really validates uh, in the market. It really validates the idea to you and your goals and what it is that you want to do and kind of who you are, what your superpowers are, your strengths are, and how are you able to incorporate those strengths into this product or this business that you're creating. So I'm actually going to skip over that part right now because I really want to get into the market research, but I would encourage everybody, uh, whether you end up picking my book or not, picking up my book or not, to really think about uh, you know, the long-term uh, game here and, and what it is that you want and are you actually aligning this thing that you're doing with where you want to go? Because I know a lot of entrepreneurs who are very successful on paper, a ton of money, number of employees, been doing it for years, very secure. But then when I talk to them and when we get real with each other, I often find that some of these entrepreneurs are not 
super fulfilled because they mm. ended up just getting into a business that uh, was at the time low hanging fruit for them to get into because they were, I don't know, chasing the money or it just was a, the first opportunity that came sure. by. And so just I want to encourage everybody to make sure that what it is that they're doing aligns with where they want to go in some way, shape or form, even if it's sort of an interim thing that, you know, is sort of the uh, a step in between that thing you really want to do. That's OK. But just making sure you know where you want to go is really important in order to uh, to 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 be fulfilled and live a happy life. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. Sure, sure. No, that's that's important. And it's important. So secondly, let's let's start talking about, um, you know, these ideas that you might have product sure. ideas or things that are just coming across your mind or problems that you might be noticing out in the world. I mean, that's the one thing you want to make sure you always keep an open eye and open ears out in the world, even related to the things that you're doing every day, thinking to yourself, how can I improve this? How can I make this better? How can this be potentially more convenient to people? Those are some questions you can ask yourself as you're just living your normal day to see whether or not some of those seed ideas that you have can turn into something. But once you start to nail down the niche that you are going into and the market that you want to s discover and sort of extract these uh, potential products from, the first thing you want to do is create what I like to call your market map. So this is discovering your three P's of your audience. So picking a target market or a niche uh, and then discovering these three P's. So literally creating a spreadsheet, three columns, each one first one is going to be finding out uh, the places where all of these people hang out. So literally all the blogs, all the podcasts, all the web properties, online, offline, where do the, where does this group go? Forums, all those kinds of things. You write all those things down. Then the second P are going to be the people, the influencers who have already earned the trust of that particular audience. So these are going to be the podcast hosts, the authors of those blogs, other personalities, top social media accounts, uh, people who own the top Instagram accounts and Facebook pages related to those things. Those are really important things to keep uh, keep in mind just to give you a sort of snapshot of what's happening in that market right now. And then finally, the last P, you want to list all the different products that you can find, uh, maybe list uh, as many as 50 if you wanted to, but you only need about 20 or, or so to see and get a feel for what this target audience is really interested in, what they're paying for, what the price points are like, and what it is that's being offered and served to them already. And what comes out of this market map exercise is the fourth and final P, which is potentially your position. Your mm -hmm. position is going to be really important. So where within this space are you able to come in and provide even more value to get uh, something in there that can be better than what's already being offered. And this is a hard thing. You know, they always say stand out of the crowd, but how do you know how to stand out of the crowd if you don't know what's in the crowd or who's in that crowd? So that's what this exercise is all about. And once you do that, that exercise alone, which doesn't need to take more than 30 minutes to accomplish, can give you an amazing idea of where there might be holes in that market, where there could be great opportunities for, for different kinds of products or how to potentially combine products together to create something even, even more worthwhile getting. Uh, and then the other cool thing about this is if you do move forward with, a, with this idea, you have this amazing resource for yourself. So if you want to ever connect with influencers who might uh, benefit from a product to review, uh, there you go. You have your list of all those top accounts who could potentially mm. become your, you know, your JV partner or somebody who can write a review post for you. If you want to discover where you can advertise on, well, there you go. You have all the lists of those websites that you made earlier. And then finally, if you want to maybe partner with another product or become an affiliate for them instead, uh, you don't even have to create your own product. You just get in front of that audience, provide value, and then share the products that already exist. Well, then you have your list of products there already, or you can use those as, uh, as a way or a resource to gauge what your price point might be, so on and so forth. So the market map is a great sort of initial top-down bird's eye perspective on what's going on in the market. 
if you still want to continue moving forward from there, if you find a position in a, in a particular uh, niche and, and it just sounds interesting to you and you want to keep going, then, well, then you dive into, well, not what's going on in the market, but what's going on in a particular customer's head. And that's really important because this is where you discover your plan, your PLAN, as you can tell, I love acronyms, mm. PLAN. <laughs> so the P, which is what you want to discover, is through this uh, target market, through the research that you do, you find the problems. What are the problems? Every successful business solves a problem. So that's what you're trying to do. And so through a number of different ways online, you can find out what the big topics are about. You can go into forums and discover what questions people are asking. What are the big pain points? What are the most popular threads? Those are going to give you some ideas on what some problems might be. You can also, and this is the number one tip I have for you in terms of discovering what these problems are, you have real conversations with the people. Like literally try to get into a conversation with them on social media, but even better in person so you could dig deeper to discover what their pains are. Ask them questions like, what's something you do every day that you just hate doing? What's If you had a magic wand and, and you could make your life easier in some way, how would you do that? Mm-hmm. And that way they're going to actually tell you what their problems are, or what those potential solutions can be. And that's going to give you some ideas for the solution that you can build. Now, beyond the problems that you discover, you need to also listen to and list the language that they use. So what words are they using? How are they describing it? Because you could potentially come up with the perfect solution, but if you cannot describe it in a way that resonates with them, you might as well not even have that product in the first place. So as Jay Abraham says, if you can describe the problem that they are having better than your target customer, they're going to automatically assume you have the solution. So for all of you who already have products, I hope on your Amazon page, you have done a lot of research in terms of what language your target buyer is using and making sure that those things are apparent and there and resonate with them on your page. So the language is so important. Yeah. And you know, there's a, there's a big, a big thing here to add is like a lot of people, and I've said this numerous times, but I mean, if you do have your product already, or if you have competitors' products, I mean, you could be going through their reviews, and you're going to pick up the language like right there. Like it's it's right there. Like if you have reviews of 150 or 200 reviews of other people that are talking about the product, with what they like, what they don't like, I mean, right yeah. there, you have a great advantage as well. So um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of throw that in there because it's so important. And, and if you know, people ask me all the time, like, how do I improve my listing? How do I improve my website? It's like you need to understand the market, you need to understand the language, but you also need to understand what their pain points are, what their passions are, all of those things. And once you become, uh, you know, more familiar with those markets, you're going to be able to serve better part, uh, you know, products and communicate with them better, which is going to make them again, like you said, feel as though you're the right, the right solution. Cause you, you yeah. know, that, you know, you know, that business in that market. Um, now right. what if someone doesn't want to be a face to the business, right? They, they just want to sell like their product and, and they just want to, you know, have a great product, but they just don't want to be the face. They don't want to be a Pat Flynn. They, they just yeah, want to be, you don't need to be a Pat Flynn. You don't. You absolutely do not need to be a Pat and, and in many cases, it's better to not be somebody who is the face of the brand. You just focus on the products and the products only, and that way your business is potentially more sellable uh, mm. to other people. Or you can you can sell it off if you want. I know a number of people who specifically on Amazon have done that uh, and have done it for a very profitable uh, um, sum of money. And you can't do that if it's your own if it's your own face because you know it's it's your own face. So yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's that's one thing to keep in mind. But you know, when it comes to developing the product idea and validating it, you still need to go out there and talk to people. Sure, yeah. you don't need to be the face of the brand. You don't have to have a, a self-branded website or have your face 
uh, logo on the product itself. No, but you still need to go out there and talk to people. Like, yes. honestly, that's the number one thing you can do. And it's great training too, because that's, I mean, if you want to build a successful business, you cannot do it in the shell of the internet. You have to go out there and talk to people. And so I just want to make sure that's, that's clear. And I loved what you said earlier about the reviews. That is a goldmine of information for you to discover potentially what these holes are in the market, what the problems are, what, what uh, like you said, the pros and cons of things. I would encourage you all to look at the three-star reviews for your competitors' products. One mm. stars are, you know, typically people have a terrible experience or sometimes it's an outlier thing. Um, same thing with number five. Sometimes it's family and friends, so you can't really trust them. Number three is where you get the most honest reviews because yeah, yeah. you get you, you literally get people listing, oh, here's what I liked about it, and then here's what I didn't like about it. I wish it mm. had this instead. Oh, and that's where you come in and swoop in and save the day, right? Yeah. Uh, so the, those are some things you can do. Uh, so what do we have? Uh, problems for P, language for L. A is, is anecdotes, which means stories. So again, going back to conversation, if you want to really build something that's going to be helpful for your audience, which is, of course, the best way to succeed, you build something that people actually want, you need to empathize with them. And so instead of creating a what is typically the exercise in the online space, which is creating your uh, customer avatar, like mm -hmm. some made up person who is your ideal target market audience person, um, which is a great exercise. Uh, but I feel you want to take it one step further and find an actual person who would potentially benefit from this product that you're thinking of creating and actually talk to them, have a real conversation, understand what their name is and who they're, you know, what is it that they're really struggling with? And that way, when you put thought into this product idea and, and the features of it and all those sorts of things, you can literally feel what this person is feeling. It's not just a made up person because there's so many times I've done that customer avatar exercise and I'm like, man, I wish I could ask Johnny this question, yeah. but he's not <laughs> right. real. So right, right. I have nobody to ask. And, no, you know, that's so, huge. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's absolutely huge. And if you already have customers, I mean, you're, you're a step ahead, obviously, but reach out to them and talk to them. And, you know, I do this, I don't know if you, if you know this, Scott, but every, yeah, I do. Yep. every month I reach out to 10 people on my email list randomly yeah. and I ask them to call or I, I, I try to get them on a Skype call and I have a conversation with them and it's only 10 people out of the 100, 180,000 people on my email list but those conversations are so valuable because I get to really be in tune with what my audience is experiencing not just the problems but just their story and that helps me remember who I'm speaking to who I'm providing value to and what I'm creating products for so that, that's generally how long are those how long are those conversations um, they vary. Sometimes people are so freaked out that I actually wanted to get a hold of them that they, they get really nervous. It's kind of funny and, and cute. But uh, five to 10 minutes, I would say, is is on the low end. Uh, but honestly, some of them have gone over an hour and wow. I can't help. I, I, I don't want to put the phone down sometimes because right, it's just right. such amazing information. Yeah. On average, I would say about 20 to 30 minutes, though. OK, cool, cool. No, that's that's I think that's huge. It's something that I've thought of myself uh, doing here, uh, you know, soon. I mean, I do I do talk to a lot of, you know, uh, my students or just people that are in, in our market and stuff. And uh, and I do that just because, you know, I'm talking to them on a regular basis, um, mm -hmm. but not necessarily just randomly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I would love to have that random thing. Like, you don't know if they're a newbie or an intermediate or a pro. Um, you just don't know because there's a mix that's that's on your your email list or that's in your community. So that that's really cool. I think anyone listening definitely needs to do that. And that could be just going down to your local shop somewhere. Maybe if you're in, into, uh, I don't know, um, 
maybe hairstyling, right? You go to the the nearest, uh, you know, Paul Mitchell and you go in there and you talk to uh, someone that's been there for a few years and you start learning more about that market. I mean, there's just so many ways that you could do that for sure. All right. Now yeah. we're going to run out of time. I want to get into this though. I want yeah, you sorry. to, I, that's all right. I want, I want you to kind of go through this with me and we can kind of like do this in like real time. So let's do a little brainstorming here. Last night, um, my, I've, I've got three kids. Um, my, my youngest is nine years old. Um, and she just started volleyball this past year. My older daughter, who's 21, she played volleyball too. She started in about sixth or seventh grade. So we said, we're going to, you know, see if she wants to play here. My, my youngest, uh, Kayla. Mm-hmm. So she, she went the first eight weeks. This was like three months ago. And she said she wanted to go back. We said, cool, let's go. So now we signed it up for, it's basically, it's three days a week, which is kind of crazy at third grade. It's just kind of insane, but I'm like, okay, you know, it's, it's like Monday, Wednesday, and I think Saturday they play kind of like a game. So, okay. So we go there and this place is packed. Right. And I knew from soccer days and stuff that like, it's just crazy out there. Right. Or mm-hmm. now it's lacrosse. So I get there and, and I start saying to my wife, I'm like, man, this is crazy. Like there's a lot of people in here and these people all paid a lot of money to attend this thing. And they had this thing running like a well-oiled machine, but there's a huge business opportunity here. Whether you want to have a building like that and facilitate this whole thing, or if you want to just cater to the travel, you know, volleyball girls, it's, and this is just girls, this isn't even guys. Um, mm-hmm. So I started thinking to myself, I'm like this, you could build a business around this in some way, in some level. And I, and I said, you know what? So I'm going to be with Pat tomorrow. Let's go ahead and just do it. And I'm not going to go into this market, but if I was, um, these are the things that I'd be thinking. I'd be like, okay, you got people that are doing private lessons, right? Cause we've done private lessons with my son for baseball and they're not cheap. And, uh, fun, fun, funny story though. Anytime I talk to them, they're always kind of like, so what do you do? And then I start talking and I'm like, you know, you could really be leveraging your time over here. And when, as soon as I do that, their eyeballs get so big and they get glazed over. And then all of a sudden I start talking about like selling on Amazon or selling your own products. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. I lost them. And then sometimes I <laughs> wish I didn't do that because then I start asking, well, can you, can you do it for me? Can you? And well, I'm sure you've, <laughs> you've run into that yourself, but it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because a lot of these people have no idea that you can even do what you can do. And they have so much talent with just being an instructor because they've been doing it for yeah. 20 years or whatever. But anyway, so um, you have private lessons, you have group lessons, you got leagues going on, you got travel leagues, um, you got equipment that could be needed, you got league play stuff, you got training stuff. Um, I went on Amazon before we hopped on here and I did a quick search. And for just girl volleyball crew socks, they're selling about 3,000 pairs a month at $14.95. And volleyball, there's this thing called a volleyball pal, which you, you strap it to your waist and it's like, mm-hmm. a, it's a, it's kind of like a rope and then you tie it around your hand. And then this way here, when you hit it, you know, you can, or I'm sorry, around the ball, that way the ball comes back to you. So you have to keep chasing it, right? Yeah. That was, uh, that's selling like 600 a month at 1995. So there's like, those are just two quick things. I did them like 10 minutes. I did these searches. So with all of that being said, now my, my wife was a volleyball coach, um, in college, actually, um, she was actually a college volleyball coach. So she has some, some, you know, some skills and stuff. Not that I want her to be a trainer, but she has a passion for this. I, I mean, I have a passion for sports and she does. So if this was, if we weren't who we are right now and doing what we're doing and we were thinking about this, where would you start with this? Like with all of this going on in our heads with kind of like what we know, maybe we've been listening to you. Maybe we've been listening to me. Where would you, where would you start in that, in that journey? I would just put myself in that environment and then just start to pay attention and the people around me and start talking to them, asking them questions about how, how long they've been doing this, uh, what, what they enjoy about it. Maybe what's, you know, as a 
brand new person to the sport, what's something I should look out for? Uh, what's something that they wish they might have instead or something that's kind of an inconvenience for them? You know, start to build relationships with these people even before, you know, pitching any ideas, which you don't even want to do on that first mm. day. You're just kind of discovering more about this industry until something clicks with you. Um, you'd be able to start to find some of these problems. I mean, uh, the, 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 whatever the ball retriever thing that you yeah, talked yeah, about. Ball I mean, that yeah, volleyball a, a, yeah. That, that solves a very specific problem. You know, hey, I can't practice on my own because every time I spike the ball, it goes away. So yeah. how can somebody do that in a way where it would come back automatically? Well, there's your solution. So uh, the socks, another thing, it probably is a specialized kind of sock that is uh, meant to do certain things in volleyball. I wouldn't know that. But, yep, um, yep. you know, I'm sure there's a uh, 100,000 other problems or things or pains or inconveniences that people in this niche might have. Mm. Um, uh, one thing that comes to mind just because I'm training for this myself is, is, uh, vertical training or jumping higher. And mm -hmm. I don't know if that's something that's specifically offered for volleyball, but if that's something that I have a little bit of interest in and I just want to see, I would start talking to parents and be like, Hey, you know, is, is your daughter doing anything for, you know, jump training? Is she, you know, learning to jump a little bit higher? I would just assume that that's something that would be really important in volleyball. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe it depends on the position. I don't know. But, uh, then, then I would say, Oh, well, uh, you know, I've, I've done jump training for, uh, basketball. Is that, is that something that you might be interested in for, for volleyball? You want to, you know, and then what I would do is actually, and, and we kind of skipped a little bit of the process, you know, eventually I'd get to a point where I'd say, okay, guys, I'm going to put on a jump training session. It's going to be a completely free workshop and it's going to happen on this date. If you're interested, uh, sign up here. And I just talk to people about that. And if I cannot get one person to sign up for it, guess what? That's validated that that's not a good idea and anything mm. people are interested in. However, even though it's a free workshop, if I get 10 people, 20 people interested in it, who knows how many, mm. then I, then that's a sign. Keep going with it. Then move to the next step. And then actually have that training and, and just, again, not ask for anything in return at that point. But you give away that thing, you do it, and you see if people enjoy it and if they want more. If they didn't enjoy it, well, and if they don't want more, then guess what? It's not done. You can ask them, well, how come this didn't, how come this is something that uh, you don't want to continue with or um, why didn't you like it? That way, when you quote fail in this process, you're not failing, giving up and starting over. You're failing and you're assessing what happened. And that's the cool part of that about this iterative process. So again, I'm kind of just riffing here. No, that's okay. Um, no, it's great. You, know, you, you do this workshop and then you can get people to sign up uh, for maybe, you know, private lessons or, or group training or something like that. Maybe this is a, a consultation that you can offer to coaches instead if they're, if they're the ones that are kind of the, the point person to, to discuss these things. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that, that could go along with that. Um, I know that technology is also an important part in sports now. I have had training in basketball uh, that involves some really interesting uh electronic items from stuff that I put on myself to see how much higher I can jump to where I am on the court during a specific game, uh, to what my arc is on my shot, uh, to all those kinds of things. It's, it's really interesting. So just seeing if there's maybe a crossover from another industry that can be incorporated into volleyball, um, because then I can just tweak something a little bit and try it out and, and just show people and, and start to get feedback on it. That's again, really the most important part is just collecting feedback. Not even if you don't have a prototype, you can just talk about it with somebody and, and just ask, Hey, what are your initial thoughts about this? And if you're scared to do that, well, guess what? You're not alone. A lot of us are scared to share our, our ideas with others. Um, partly because we're just kind of, 
you know, introverted and, and, and it's a scary thing, but, um, you know, you got to do what you got to do for your business, right? So if you really want to find out these answers, you got to put yourself out there and get uncomfortable a little bit. But often people are also scared of people stealing their ideas. And I'll tell you, that's hardly ever going to happen because you're the one that's actually focused on building this business. Everybody's so busy. And yes, they may say, oh, that's a great idea or I wish I could do that. But you're going to be the one that's actually taking the action here. You're going through the process of validating it. Um, and then, uh, then you eventually get to a point where, going back to that uh, sort of jump training thing, um, I would then say, hey, if um, I'm going to be offering uh, three months of training here. We're going to meet once a week, and it's uh, 200 bucks. If you're interested, sign up, and uh, you, you can pay right now. And uh, that way you'll save a little bit of money, but then you'll get in early and be on the wait list, and we're only taking 10 spots, and we'll really focus the next three months on you and, and see what happens. And even though this is your first time doing it, you're still getting paid for it almost up yeah. front. Now, for those of you who are worried about a, a physical product, well, guess what? There are uh, things now that exist that allow us to collect money for things before they're even created. For example, Kickstarter. Now, I'm not mm -hmm. saying you need to kickstart your product, but we are in a world now where people uh, feel comfortable paying for things up front for ideas that you might have to get early access to those things or even be able to help influence what that thing uh, becomes. So if you have a physical product idea for this volleyball space, you can see if people would buy it up front because it was Tim Ferriss who said, you know, if, if you want to know if people are going to buy something, don't ask them if they would buy it. Ask them to buy it. Mm. And then you'd be able to keep in contact with them, allow them to help shape what this thing becomes so that when you build it and then you sell it, you know it's something that is actually going to resonate with them instead of just thing you guess is going to, you know, because you've already worked with those people and uh, you've, you've gone through that process. So, you know, yeah, I want to, I, I, wanna... think, I think Amazon though too, Pat, I mean, Amazon's a great validation point, right? I mean, it's like, let, let's say that you're going to go into that jumping space, right? Well, you can go there and see if there's already accessories being sold to help people jump. And that might be something you already use. And then now you could be, that, that could be your own product in a way, but you could make yours better or yours more unique. So again, what I'm hearing from you though, is you're, and again, this is your like whole to totally, like you're just thinking like on the fly, like you're taking like uh, kind of like doing it in person. And then you could take that and probably scale it and sell that digitally online. But then you can also add products that help assist with your jump training. Is that what I'm yeah. hearing? Yeah, yeah. And it's a very specific thing. And actually in the basketball world, there are hundreds of products related to jump training. So even if some product already exists, they each have their own sort of specialty sure. or tweak to it uh, that, that makes them different from each other. So yeah, that, that's, that's the approach I would take. Um, and the best way to serve your audience is going to be in the way that they want to be served. So the only way to truly know the answer in terms of what it is you need to build is you need to have these conversations and get to a point where they're actually telling you what they need instead of mm. you just guessing. Yeah. And the one thing I will say, I, I'm, I'm sure people are going to be saying, but, but you know, Pat, I'm not, I'm not a specialty at this thing. I just noticed this opportunity. And what I would say is, well, there's probably a lot of trainers there that have no idea of what they're, what's capable of. And you could partner up with them or you could, you could oh, go yeah. over to them and say, Hey, listen, you know, I, or, or maybe your son or your daughter has been going to this trainer for, for, uh, I don't know, three months, four months. You got to like them and you know, the type of person they are. And you're like, you know what, this person, I would like to help and I'm sure they could help a lot of people and this might be a great opportunity for the both of you and then now with your expertise, you can kind of bring it all together. So there's so much that you can do but right. again, this is just off of this one little example. Right. Which, I mean, I had a hundred different ideas going driving home. I'm like, oh my gosh, like you could do this, you could do that. There's there's this, you know, you could go down a whole bunch of different roads. It's just, again, bandwidth for me. It's like, how many projects can you can you start? Right, right. You know, you know, also, the, you know, like the your, your other example that that coach who you kind of pitch this idea to, they might say, no, that's a terrible idea because this, this, and this. And you'd be like, oh, okay, great. Now I know. Now I'm going to go <laughs> exactly. look for something else instead yeah. of guessing. 
Yeah, no, that is uh, that is that is cool. No, well, hey, I know we have to wrap up here. You got to pick your son up at school. Let's um re- really quick though. I do want to wrap this up, but where would Pat Flynn start today? Going all the way back. That's just one question. I just kind of want to know myself personally. <laughs> like if you were to go b- back. I'm saying SPI. Let, let's just go back to SPI. When you started that, you had no idea that it was going to turn into what it was going to turn into. Um, mm-hmm. But but like, what would you have told yourself, like, I guess, then that you know now? Um, you know, because again, I mean, you're at different places now. I mean, a lot of oh, people yeah, are in, sure. they're, they're, they're in two different camps. There's some people right now, like, I just, I need to make money right now so I can then focus on my my passion. And then they got people that say, well, I've got six, 12 or two years, you know, six, 12 months or maybe two years that I can actually do something. So like right now you're in a different place. Try to bring yourself back to that place. And still with all the information and all the knowledge you've learned, what would you, would you have changed anything or would you give yourself advice now? Or would you just kind of let it play out? I mean, obviously I'm very thankful for the way things worked out, but if I could go back and give myself a little bit of advice, you know, take the DeLorean back into time and and do that, I would um, tell myself a few things. For one, I would say, hey, don't be so afraid to talk to people. That was the one thing I was super shy coming out of architecture. Um, and it was a struggle for me to go out and talk to people, to ask questions, ask for help, to validate things, um, and which ultimately led to me really struggling with the selling process because I just was not comfortable doing that. Mm. And it wasn't until I found that the results kind of speak for themselves in terms of my products and whatnot uh, that I started to get a little bit more comfortable. And then now I'm you know, obviously very comfortable speaking in front of people don't be afraid to talk to people because you never know the next person you speak to can give you that exact piece of advice that you need or that feedback that's going to help change your product in the way that you never thought possible. Um, the other thing I would say is build your email list sooner. Um, that was one <laughs> thing that I didn't realize yeah. that it was very important. And I think uh, for those of us who are in this space know just how important an email oh, yeah. list is. Yeah. Um, and for, for those of you who are starting out who might be like, oh man, I, you know, this process seems like it's a lot and uh, how do you know if it's going to work? And I just, I need money sooner than later. What I would recommend is you try and offer your services in a different way that you can get money sooner to start. It's not going to be passive, not at all, but it can help be that first step that'll lead you into everything else. So what I would say is something like freelance and to like, if I had to go back in time, if I didn't have SPI, but I had just gotten laid off, what I would do is knowing that I would want to get into online business, I would freelance as a graphic design artist because that's what I knew about coming from architecture. I had that skill, but I would do that for people for a very specific thing and I would become the expert on that. So I'm just thinking off the top of my head at the time, banner ads were really big. I would become the expert banner ad designer in a way that would allow people to get higher conversions. And that would allow me to be a part of the environment of online business in many different uh, websites and be able to understand who the top players are and how this space works and begin to start realizing where the holes might be. And I'd have built these amazing relationships by providing over the top value to people who are important in this space so that when I do create my own thing, maybe it becomes an agency, maybe it's something completely different. I don't know, but I will have already have earned the trust from these really high up influencers who have already served uh, and who kind of owe me a favor now. So that's that's kind of the the timeline, I think, um, just kind of, again, riffing, thinking. Off I, I love that. I love it, though. You know, you, you, there, there's a whole bunch of different ways you can do it. And I think you just outlined uh, an amazing way is to actually go out there. And if you don't have, again, like right now, if you've just even just kind of uncovered this whole opportunity, you probably have more information than a lot of people. And you could probably walk up to someone and help them and then say, hey, listen, if I get your results, 
you know, I'll get a portion of that or something. And you don't even have to collect the money until they make the money. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different ways you can do it, but I love it. Uh, I'm going to respect your time. I want to thank you again, Mr. Pat Flynn. I really, I really do appreciate you. Um, maybe give people a link to your, your website, which I, I know that they probably already have, but just give it to them anyway. How, how can sure. people get a hold of you? Thanks, Scott. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys, for listening in and, and listening all the way through. Um, if you go to smartpassiveincome.com, you can find me and all my other projects there. That sounds amazing. Pat, one more time, man. I thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure that everyone listening is going to get a ton of value from this. So I appreciate it. Go have fun with the kids. Thanks. Wish you all guys the best. Okay, well, there is a wrap on that, but let me just say, that was awesome. I had an awesome time. I hope that you did as well. I hope you learned some things. Just hearing how to look at a market and then from there decide what you can serve to that market is huge, and uh, I would definitely recommend doing some of those exercises that Pat was talking about as we were going through that volleyball Example, because I think it's really powerful to listen or to observe what is happening. And there was just a ton of golden nuggets there that Pat was able to uncover for us just by having that conversation. So uh, again, you may want to go back and listen to this one again. You may want to go over and grab the show notes, theamazingseller.com forward slash 314. Everything will be there for you. Also, check out smartpassiveincome.com. That is where Pat's home base is. And I have to say, I've been there from just about the beginning, and I've watched him grow and uh, he's helped me grow now personally and uh, he's just a great, great guy and someone that I think uh, is really doing good things out there and inspires me to want to continue to do really good things and not necessarily follow the pack, right? The people that are maybe selling all of these products that they know they could sell just to make the money. There's so many opportunities that I have kind of let go past my desk and said, you know what? I'm not doing that because I don't believe in it or I don't want to go down that road. I'm staying true to who I am and who I want to serve, and that is you. So I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank everyone for being a podcast listener and a supporter of the TAS community because without you, honestly, this podcast would not exist. And I really just want to say thank you. You guys are awesome. All right, guys, that's going to wrap this up. Remember that I am here for you and I believe in you and I am rooting for you as always. But you have to do something and I want you to do it right now. And I want you to just say it with me and say it loud. Say it with conviction. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you guys right back here on the next episode. Beep. Now that's a wrap.